so whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Clear out the room, I'm coming through, they wanna see what I'm about Yeah, I got skills, do it for the thrill, I'm on a paper route Extra, extra, read about it, I'm today's trying to tap it what was going on? It's your boy Dolo J, and welcome to the Kicking the Dolo podcast, a sports podcast where we talk about football and basketball, past, present, and future, top five, top ten stats, and more. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. So, today, man, I got another throwback Thursday episode for y'all, man, over a player that a lot of people, you know, idolized growing up, man. I'm gonna go ahead and bring y'all the answer, Allen Iverson. So, you know, let's just go ahead and get basically into his little backstory and his little time before he made it to the NBA. So, Ivan Iverson, basically, as you know, a lot of people know, was a two-sport star in uh, football and basketball in high school. Now, a little thing that I said, it was an article I read by Zerman Jacob, basically, at The Verse. Um, shout out to bro. Um, it was a little article I read, basically saying that um, high school basically got arrested in 1993 for allegedly starting a racially charged fight, allegedly. He was in up being sentenced to 15 years, but he was only released after four months due to evidence proving that he did not basically start the fight. You know, it was a little thing at the, I think it was this little situation at the bowling alley or something like that. But, you know, before then, you know, in high school, Allen Iverson, he really could play both sports. Like in football, he was a quarterback. I think he was a cornerback, a quarterback, and a running back, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, he was getting offers from there. And, you know, basketball, of course, he was a point guard, you know. And basically just putting up a crazy numbers and extended numbers. Now, you know, he get into this incident, you know, at the bowling alley with his friends. And basically it really hurts his stock within, you know, basically collegiate sports. Like, I don't even think he was – I think he just took the only opportunity he had to play in collegiate sports because I know his mom – and also in the article it says his mom went to go talk to um the head coach of Georgetown basically to try and get him an opportunity. John Thompson – um. And, you know, he ended up basically, you know, accepting it. And me and Iverson, now he was released during his four months, basically. And he ended up playing for Georgetown. Now we already know in his two seasons at Georgetown, both seasons he was defensive player of the year, you know, averaging, you know, he had, I think he had three steals one season. And then I think he averaged like 3.4 the other one. So, you know, that rounds up to about 3.2 during his two years, averaging about 27 points. He averaged 25 in his second year, though. He only averaged about maybe 20, close to 21 points his first his freshman season. But his second season, he really took off. He had like 20, he averaged like 25, I think, maybe even 26. You know, like I said, you know, and also 4.6 assists between the two seasons and 3.6 rebounds between the two seasons. Like I said, also, he was basically, you know, basically the top player in college, in my opinion. And then, you know, also going first overall to the 76ers in the infamous 1996 draft. A lot of players was in that draft. Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash. I know Marcus Camby was a beast in um college, if I'm not mistaken, or high school. He went second overall. Also, um, it was a lot of players just if you know basketball, do you know to be first in this draft, you know what type of player that you had to be? Because it, it breaded a lot of Hall of Famers and a lot of champions and basically just, you know, a lot of great players. A lot I think it might have like four or five players from this draft, maybe it's on the top seventy five, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, you definitely, to go first in this draft, you definitely, you know, had to be the top player. You had to have more than just regular skill. And, you know, this this is one of the infamous drafts. This draft, the 2003 draft, and there's one more draft that I can't think of at this present point in time. But it was like, maybe was it the 84 draft with Michael Jordan? 
I think they might be the top three draft that everybody compares, you know, the current drafts to like maybe the class of 2021 or, you know, things of that nature. It's a lot of, it's a lot of drafts that wasn't really up to par with this one. This was one of the top drafts in NBA history for sure. Now where you rank it, that's up to you. I personally don't have it ranked. I might have to, you know, I might do an episode where I do rank all the uh, top NBA drafts. That'd be something cool to bring out during the offseason. But, yeah, back to Allen Iverson. So he would go on to also win Rookie of the Year, averaging 23.5 points, 7.5 assists, 4.1 rebounds, and 2.1 steals in just 76 games. Now, he would take a slight dip in his second season, you know, only averaging 22-6-3. and but, you know, and two steals. But he ended up playing, you know, more games this season. He played four more games, 80 of the 82. Now, his third season, Allen Iverson, this is when he, all the injuries had started. If you know about Allen Iverson, you know that he dealt with a lot of injuries. It was two things, in my opinion, going back and researching that I found, you know, I don't think he should have did. One, maybe, like, through the games I watched, he did a lot of jump passing. But also, you know, he was a smaller player and going into the trees, and he had to do what he had to do for his team because everybody know it was Allen Iverson a bus, basically. But it was the – and also the minutes. I wish they would have got him, like, some more help so he wouldn't have to – because Allen Iverson averaged, like, 40 minutes per game. There's only, like, 40 minutes in the – 48 minutes in the NBA game. So it was, like, he had to average, like, 41 minutes or something like that. So you only sitting down for seven minutes, bro. Of course, you're not going to play. Like, it was a lot of seasons where, you know, Allen Iverson didn't play all 82 games because he got injured. But, you know, I feel like the long minutes that he played also led towards those injuries as well, you know, breaking your body down and stuff like that. But at the same time, he kind of had no choice. If you really know what's going on, if you really, you know, he ain't have no choice because it, was, it wasn't like he was playing with other Hall of Famers or, you know, other great players. Don't get me wrong, they were NBA level guys, but at the same time, like there was more the 76ers, in my opinion, and this might be a hot take or whatever, but I don't they do not make the playoffs if they don't have Al Iverson. They're probably a lottery team, in my opinion. So after his third season, you know, he still led the league in scoring with 26.8 points, basically like 27 points, 4.6 assists, 3.5 rebounds, and 2.3 steals. But this season, he got moved over to the shooting guard role. So everybody knows. If you know, he really actually played shooting guard, but he was a combo guard, basically. You know the ball was always in his hand, and you know he was going to initiate the offense and, you know, try and get guys the best shot possible. And if he couldn't get them a shot, you know, he's going going to score. Allen Iverson was a beast, man. He was definitely a beast. See, I always thought he was just the point guard of the team because I always see him with the ball, but – to find out and go back and research and see that he was actually the shooting guard of the team is pretty cool. Pretty cool. A very undersized shooting guard. But probably should have been a point guard, but he was more of a scoring threat. But tomato, tomato, he should have been a point guard, in my opinion. He was the, Well, he was the point guard, in my opinion. But, yeah. The 1999-2000 season, you know, he would play 22 more games in the previous season where he only played 48. So he would make 70 game, make it a total of 70 out of 82 games, averaging 28.4 points, 4.7 rebounds, 3.8 uh, – uh, 4.7 assists, excuse me, 3.8 rebounds and 2.1 steals, earning his first all-star selection. So basically, 
another cool thing that I found out was Allen Iverson was a was you know voted an All Star basically almost every year from this point until the end of his career, which is pretty cool. And it also he didn't really fall off like that. He didn't really fall off like that. But also this season, you know, he led the league in scoring, you know, with twenty eight point four points. And I think. Another cool thing that I found out was the fact that he also, you know, led the league in steals three times. Now, I don't remember him as much of a defensive player, not to say that he was, but I need to go back and watch. I think a lot of times, I think it was like he would play the passing lanes, like kind of like free safety-ish to the best of my opinion. Now, he could have had some on-ball steals as well, you know. But I think a lot of times players were trying to, you know, post AI up. But I, I know for a fact he wasn't no slouch. But I'm trying to remember how he got his steals, and I want to say it was in the passing lanes a lot. So I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go back and look at that. But you know, in the 01 season, he would have sent higher leading the league and scoring again with 31.1 points, 4.6 rebounds, and also leading the league in steals for the first time, 2.5 steals. So he would lead the 76ers to uh, uh, basically. We already know that he went to the finals this season against you know the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. With Ty Lue and Derek Fisher, and I want to say, was Rick Fox on this team? I want to say Rick Fox was on this team as well. Um, and you know he would have the infamous game one where he dropped forty, and you know did the step over Ty Lue on the on the shot on the baseline. But everybody knows that he was going to lose the next four games basically because Allen Iverson didn't have a lot of help, man. It was basically him, and once you take him out of the game, then you basically take the Sixers out of the game. Now it was hard to take Allen Iverson out the game. Now you might slow him down enough to where he doesn't have a best night. But it, I just wonder sometimes, man, like what if the Sixers just would have had more help? Like how unstoppable were they? Like could they have won a ring? I feel like they could have if they just would have got him maybe two more players. And they had like a decent bench, but it was just Allen Iverson and everybody else, man. For sure. Now, you know, basically, you know that legendary moment. And the 76ers would, like I said, would win the game, but they would lose the next four. But Allen Iverson basically was a was a, a a league favorite at this time, you know, with the cornrows and the longer shorts. The NBA didn't really allow players to wear longer shorts. And, you know, Allen Iverson, a lot of people know, basically, he was the pioneer of that, you know, of basically bring, of the culture of NBA and what it is today. He was the pioneer of it. He was the guy, you know, basically that took all the slack and possibly got all the fines and stuff for it. But he did his thing, and, you know, he wanted to be comfortable out there. And, and now he's, you know, been an inspiration to some, you know, more Hall of Famers that are going in and also younger kids that's playing today that's coming up. They still uh, inspire him. Now, they might not remember as much as, you know, players that came in around the time like LeBron and them played or, maybe when like KD and them played or James Harden and stuff like that. But a lot of players still, you know, wear the number three. A lot of players still, you know, the crossover and getting to the rim and stuff like that. They still model it out the AI because AI definitely had the best handles in the league, in my opinion, during his time in the league. Definitely. And, you know, was definitely – I was – I don't know. I think it was between him, Kobe, and T-Mac who were like the best scorers in the league. Now, obviously, you know, he came in when Jordan was at the end of his run. So I'm talking about like from like 2000 on. Basically, he was like one, he was definitely top three scorer in the league. A lot of times leading the league and scoring because he had no other choice. But he was also a good assist person. Like, not a good assist person, but he was also a good playmaker, excuse me. 
you know, getting guys open looks under the basket, finding guys, dining them up as well. But for the most part, you know, he didn't have too much help, like I said, and he just had to take it on his back to do it. To do it, you know, the scoring load. So he would spend four more seasons basically with the 76ers. Then he would ultimately be traded, you know, to the Denver Nuggets to go play with Melo. Now, during that time, Allen Robinson was past his peak, but he still was a very good player. He definitely was still a top. I'll say he was still a top 25 player in the league at this time. And, you know, Melo, everybody knows that the type of player Melo was. Melo was a great player, you know, a great scorer. Infamous battles in the playoffs and regular seasons. I really think Melo probably would end up in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a possibility. I don't know about, you know, first ballot or anything, but I think Melo could be in the Hall of Fame for sure. So, you know, he and during these last four seasons with the uh, 76ers, he would lead the uh, league in scoring again, averaging 30.7 points. Now, he would be traded for Chauncey Billups. Yeah, he would be traded for Chauncey Billups for a little while after, you know, staying after the little um, mellow experiment, basically. So they had Chauncey Billups and it was somebody else. It was somebody else. It was Chauncey Billups or somebody else. It's in my uh, Chauncey Billups episode. I'm going to go back and um, listen to it. But he got traded basically to the Detroit Pistons. And we already know his time in the Pistons. Basically, they tried to make up. They tried to, you know, try something different. You know, switching up Chauncey Billups for uh, Allen Iverson. The pair with Rip Hamilton and Tayshawn Prince and those guys. Rasheed Wallace, Bill Wallace. Um, it didn't really work out too well. And then, ultimately, he would go and play a couple games for the Grizzlies, which I, I seen him in a like It was one highlight. I think it was like a highlight video, basically, where it was – um. I seen him in the Grizzlies uniform. And I was like, when did Allen Iverson play for the Grizzlies? But he played like three games for the Grizzlies before he basically was ended up, you know, being traded back to the 76ers where he would play his last 25 games. And then ultimately, you know, he would go on in 2011 to um, basically go over there and play in Turkey. Then he came back and officially tied as a 76er, which is pretty cool. Um, it's a plane flying over my house. Excuse me, guys. I stay by the airport. But, um, yeah. So, we already know that Allen Iverson was an icon. He didn't ultimately win a championship, but he's still definitely an NBA pioneer, like I said, with the shorts and the jewelry and stuff like that. Being one of the first players to really, you know, just, just bring a different type of dressing culture into the NBA, a different type of culture and hold to the NBA, excuse me. You know, and just allow players to express themselves and, you know, wear what they want to wear. Um, 11 time all star, seven time all NBA, four time scoring champ, three time steals leader, two time all star game MVP, oh, 2000 2001 league MVP, NBA top 75 player, and a Hall of Famer. So, Allen Iverson to me, like I said, top 75 NBA player of all time, even without the rings. So, imagine you know what he could have did if he had like vital help. Like, let's say if he had somebody like a Scottie Pippen or a or maybe somebody like a Shaq or something like that, you know, like a dominant big man. I know I think he had like the Kimbe Matumbo towards, you know, the end of the Kimbe's career. Like he was still a good shot blocker, but he wasn't, you know, as athletically or as agile as he was, you know, his earlier years, like basically like his, I want to say his Denver Nugget years. But he still, I think he still won a defensive player of the year. But Allen Iverson definitely was one of the guys for me, you know, when I was growing up watching basketball. 
the few games that I did see, I did see a couple games of him, you know, towards the end of his career, but he was still, you know, a guy that can get his shot off and, you know, still, you know, get to the mid-range and get to the rim. Now, I didn't see him as much of a passer, so the, the four assists, close to seven assists um, averages that I seen when I was researching this video, it was shocking to me because I, I thought he was just like a bona fide a bona fide bucket getter, which he still is, but he he really was more all around it than what you know I perceived him to be at the time. Now I was also young and I wasn't looking at it the way I would look at it now. But Allen Iverson definitely definitely is a a, a big inspiration and a you know a, a true I feel like winning story, like a guy who you know got caught up in a bad situation, but still ultimately you know when he was given another chance basically took the ball and ran with it. So I really like that. He is one of my favorite players to watch, you know, all time along with Kobe's my favorite player all time, but I also like to watch Allen Iverson and T-Mac. Brandon Roy, when I did that episode on him, he became real favorite. And I like, I still like to watch Derrick Rose early Bulls highlights. So I decided, you know, to talk about Allen Iverson because basically he was somebody, I wouldn't say I watched a lot of growing up. But he's definitely, you know, an all-time great player and definitely deserves to be talked about on any sports podcast that covers basketball. So this has been the Kicking the Dolo podcast, man. I appreciate y'all tuning in, and we'll bring you another episode next Thursday. More throwbacks, man. But until next time, man, take care. Peace out. So. Uh, clear out the room, I'm coming through, they wanna see what I'm about Yeah, I got skills, do it for the thrill, I'm on a paper route Extra, extra, read about it, I'm today's trying to tap it 